The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. This is Stephen Wright, you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Yeah. That? Some along that line. Uh, yeah, I guess that was it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go with it. I love it. <laughs> no, I'll say it anyway. All right, this is Stephen Wright, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio, but, you know, I've already been saying this. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Welcome. So before we get into the show, we actually have uh, a few comments regarding the show, and one of them coming from one of the former hosts of the show, Bill Grace, oh, really? from the original, oh, really? the original show when we got started in Palm Springs. And I thought, oh, this is perfect, because so this past Monday on uh, Camus B Fox 11, I was in studio and I got a chance to show uh, a couple of ideas because we get the summer storms here. Justin, you remember the monsoons, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So we get, we get them. They can be pretty bad. They can be harsh on your electronics. And you'll be surprised at how many people, even my daughter sent me a note saying that their TV got fried because they had it plugged into the wall. They got a surge and it blew out the circuitry on the TV. So, you know, the whole idea is we've talked about it with your computer systems of having surge suppression and making sure you have not a an extension cord, but basically uh, they look the same, but mm-hmm. those can be extension cords. They're very inexpensive, but what you want is a surge suppression. And with newer TVs, you want to go 2000 to 4,000 joules protection. And you're not going to find that yeah. with a, you know, $20 surge suppressor. So you're looking at the higher ends, like for monster GE does make some that are in the high end capability, but they are going to run you quite a bit of money, but they give you that added protection. Yeah. Then I talked about, uh, APC, they have the battery backups, but even then, getting a battery backup system like the 1000 we looked at it doesn't have that jewel protection that you might need for your computer system although to keep your computer system running unless it gets zapped because too much is coming down the line and you've got mm-hmm. too much plugged in you can minimize your problem with this by going to apc's website belkin's website and they'll actually have like a, it's kind of like a calculator. So if you've got computer that's running, you know, a P4 or you're running, you know, the I7s, the I9s, the I5s, the I3s, and you've got a 49 inch monitor, you've got a printer plugged in, you've got all, all you've got to figure out what your, your rating is that you're going to be able to protect those devices in case of a summer storm. But Bill, which I thought was cool, Bill Grace sent us a note. He said, it would be great if you did uh, uh, the subject of grounding, binding, lightning protection for antennas or towers for those of us in ham radio Ah. or who are scanner enthusiasts. Turns out Bill, like you guys, has gotten into amateur radio. Nice. Excellent. Welcome to the club. Yeah. But how do you protect yourself? So you've invested this money, and you guys have been investing money in amateur radio, and we've talked about that. Mm Mm-hmm. But now you decide to get a tower. You want to put a tower in your backyard. Have you guys looked into that at all? A little bit. Uh, I can't, so I'm out of this one. <laughs> so a little bit. And if any tower you build has to follow, follow local electrical code. So I would have to go and figure out and get a permit and it, make sure it meets code for lightning protection, ground grounding protection, all that stuff. So... If I got a tower, I have to follow the law. Right. Now, I I did put an antenna on my house this week this past weekend. I don't have it wired up yet because the cable VHF, I thought that UHF was or... 
Uh, it's a it's a UHF VHF antenna. It's a uh, it's called yeah. an it's made by a guy named Ed Fong. He makes antennas. Uh, just look him up. It's a J pole, a roll up J pole, mm. that is mounted inside 200 psi PVC pipe, five foot. Oh wow! So it's desi- He designed it to be a cheap, dirty, quick and up and quick and up and portable antenna for traveling or whatever. So I the previous owners of my house had a satellite dish. So I took the satellite dish off and mounted it to the satellite dish pole mm-hmm. and thought the coax, because all that coax came into the basement. Well, they cut the coax at the end the at the outside of the house. Oh. So oh, nice. I've got I've got to run new coax. So it's up, it's mounted, looks cool. Doesn't do anything yet. Mm-hmm. But I did learn that even just plugged into the coax, the run of coax from my radio which is in the basement, 30 feet up to the edge of the wall, I can still receive the repeater near my house. Oh, wow. Just well, just from the coax run. Well, so but there is one thing that, and we're going to definitely obviously get to, to, to Bill's question here, but I want to mention something to you, Sean, is as you as a licensed amateur radio enthusiast. Yeah, you're not licensed, right? I'm not licensed. Sean right. is. Sean is, yeah. You should also know that the coax that was run to your satellite dish is 75 ohm versus the 50 ohm coax that's required for amateur radio. So by using the existing satellite dish coax, you're not going to get a very good standing wave ratio on your antenna. It's going to be, it's, it's not going to be good. You're going to want to run 50 ohm coax. Correct. I was using it because it was already run. Ah, I, I was using well, it sure, as a no, test. I get it. But you're going oh, to have to test. run so some anyway. Yeah. Okay, but okay, I ended yeah. up learning it was cut anyways. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, no, I get so that now. Okay. I'm planning on running 50 ohm coax. I already got it. Right. Nice. Okay. So uh, I plan on doing that. But cool. my antenna is only sticks up three or four feet over the edge of my house height. Right. So that's actually I'm not worried about not lightning protection. Now, you don't have a you don't have a homeowners association, do you, where you live now? There's nothing about antennas. Okay. Well, so. so there's nothing about antennas and our HOA either. And I did look it up. And an HOA technically cannot uh, fine you or make you take down an antenna if you live in an HOA because you are considered a standby first responder. Oh. So if there is an emergency, you know, ham radio operators around the world, amateur radio operators, they become first responders. They're the ones that are communicating and coordinating all of the emergency uh, 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 activities, if you will. Um, so an HOA cannot legally make you take down your antenna. However, Uh-oh. if you live in a neighborhood that is HOA regulated, you're going to be, for lack of better terms, that guy. That guy with the antenna. If it's yeah, that, that guy, yeah, yeah, that guy, and and your neighbors are gonna hate you. Well, maybe some might think it's kind of cool. Well, yeah, not where I live. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're they're gonna want to hate me. So I'm actually looking at getting an an attic antenna when I get mine licensed, but that's gonna be far down the future. Now, what does that mean? That goes on the uh, the edge the of it'll, the home. No, it'll go in my attic. Oh wow! Yeah, the only thing I have to consider though is I do have Tesla solar panels. So that's going to block 
I, I'm assuming that's probably going to block reception on one side of the house. Yeah. So that might be something I have to look into, and it may not work. Um, but I would like to get an antenna in the attic. Um, I'm only looking to do right now. I'm only looking to do UHF VHF because when I get my technician license, which is the 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 first one you can get uh, for amateur radio, you can pretty much only operate in the UHF V. I mean, you you get a little bit of high frequency, but it, you really don't get a lot until you get into your general license. And that's when you can operate ham radio or amateur radio around the world. And that's when you start getting into the, you know, six meter, two meter, uh, heck, uh, 80 meter, right. you know, uh, 160 meter bands. Those, those require, those are those massive towers that you're talking about. Now to get back to Bill's question, um, I I believe I was studying for my technician license and there was a question exactly about this. How do you protect from lightning with, you know, with your, with your tower or antenna? Yeah. And I, and I, I can't remember the exact answer right now, but Sean, maybe help me out here. I thought the correct answer was, is to install a ground resistor at the point where your feed line, which is from your radio to your antenna so you put a ground resistor at the point where your feed line meets the antenna. Is that correct? It's different based on if you have a tower or just an antenna. And right. I don't remember it, which is which. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I'll look up that question specifically and get the answer. But now, I'm also okay. wondering, like, say you installed something like this. Like, Sean, you're, you're really, you know, you're delving more and more into it. You even have something pretty cool that you'll show us here in a second. But... Um, does that mess with Wi-Fi within your home? So if somebody has a router and they're, you know, providing Wi-Fi to the bedrooms, is the the now the use of an amateur radio within the household with an antenna, is that going to cause some issues? No, because they're different, you know, Wi-Fi is in the 2.4 gig spectrum, right? That's that's five, like yeah. extra yeah. high frequency or extra whatever they call it, enhanced high frequency or whatever, or the 5.8 gig, right? You're, so... If you key up, like if I'm in my truck, right, and I key up my my HT, my my Baofeng EV5R, I get some static on my speakers just because it's a lot of power coming out of a little hand device and gets picked up by the speakers a little bit. But no, I haven't had any issues. Now there are times when you can interview with your neighbor's televisions, right? Well, you, there, start, get, the, you start getting into TV frequencies and things like that. But um, I would say Wi-Fi, unless you're pumping no. out. A no, massive not, amount of power. Wi-Fi is in gigahertz, and we don't really, as an amateur radio, there's very, very tiny bit of frequency that we can do in the gigahertz range. Right. Because you're talking about, I mean, gigahertz, you're talking about SHF and EHF. I mean, not not even EHF, at more like SHF, like the higher end UHF into the SHF bands. We don't have the ability as amateur radio operators to... To be in those bands. I, I know that there is a few, and I, I actually have the chart uh, right here. Um, we've got, yeah, I, we can only even go into the 1.2 gigahertz range, which okay. doesn't even touch Wi-Fi. Because, again, Wi-Fi is in 2.4, so that's that's double of what the the highest amount that an amateur radio can get into. Right. Um, actually, no, I take that back. 
I take that back. We do have super and high, extremely. So SHF and EHF, we have 2300 through 2310 megahertz, mm-hmm. 2390 through 2450 megahertz. So we could potentially interfere with Wi-Fi on the 2.4 there. But then when you get to 5 gigahertz, we don't even have anything we that would go near have, that. Yeah. yeah. No. Um yeah, and, and these are yeah, all these so are all valid kind of these yeah. are valid questions because you know a lot of our listeners that are listening may not have delved into you know the the idea of amateur radio as a as a hobby or just a passion. They might be listening to this thinking, you know, I've always thought this was kind of cool. Maybe they had a CB radio and they thought this would be kind of neat to do. Uh, and again, the, we have the the Green Valley Green Valley Amateur Radio Club that's here that uh, can give you more info on this. But you guys have, have kind of formed this as a passion. Now, you know, Bill has. There are many others out there that are, are going into this. So it is it is something very interesting. But those are the questions people are going to ask. Well, is it going to mess with my microwave? Is it going to mess with my router? You know, is it going to mess with my pacemaker? Those are things that some people may want to know. And I think it's kind of you important. Know, you know what we should do? I mean, honestly, if this, if, if this topic for Tech Talk Radio, I mean, I know this is kind of, I, I, I don't, we're not going to, shift focus into ham radio no, or amateur no, no. radio for a long term but if this is really getting more people interested in the show and also in amateur radio i think a really cool thing we should try to do and maybe i'll look this up maybe i'll try to figure it out we should get dave castler on the show All Sean, right. do you know who dave castler is I do not. Yeah. He's also known as KE0 OG. <laughs> he is one of the OG amateur radio people out there his website dcastler.com uh he is one of he he does a lot of training videos um he is an amazing person i think and you mentioned a his of, website a while ago didn't you um, no no that's not the possibly. website we got but yeah no yeah. but yeah D- dave castler i'm gonna reach out to him and see if he might have a little bit of time to talk to us because this guy is the og of of amateur radio and it would be awesome to be able to interview him just for a few minutes. I know that we have gotten authors of books on ham radio that have been following the show now on Twitter at, at Tech Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a follow that have been following because you guys have been talking about it. Maybe at some point we can get somebody else on the show too to talk about a book or a course that they're doing. I mean, we've done that with photography, but last sure, week we had yeah. Scott Kelby on. Why not also, you know, kind of go in that direction as well? That'd be fun. Well, so so speaking of of amateur radio, obviously last week was Father's Day uh, weekend. Yeah, and I got myself a nice little Father's Day present. Um, so my 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 uh, family got me a UHF VHF mobile antenna for the car. So it's a little magnetic mount. It looks kind of like those old cell phone antennas back oh, yeah. when they used to have car phones. I remember those. You know, it kind of goes up and then it kind of corkscrews around a little bit and then it it's straight again. So I got one of those for my car and then I've got, I also then bought, so I already had, I already had the, uh, the Baofeng, uh, BF F eight HP, which is a little bit, uh, I think it's, it's one step up from what Sean's first radio was, but it's honestly, it's the same thing. It just, it just, it's just a little bit more powerful in right. terms of the wattage. It's the, eight, it's the only real difference is it's eight watt versus five yeah, watt and it, that, that radio can't transmit on GMSR frequencies. 
Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's the only that was the first radio head. What I did is I got went out and bought myself the Yesu FT seventy D. And that's this radio right here. Let me turn it on. You can see real quick, but um, yeah. in the video, if you're watching the replay, but this is more of a rugged, rugged radio. This thing is actually about twice as heavy as the Baofeng. It's very rugged. Uh, it uh, it also does UHF, VHF, and it's it's made by a Japanese company. So um, I actually just realized this, but most of the amateur radio uh, companies that make products for amateur radio are Japanese. I don't know what it is about. Japan and amateur radio. They just love amateur radio. So this is a Yasu FT-70D. It does uh, analog, over-the-air, obviously, like a regular walkie-talkie, but it also does digital. So I can hook this up to a computer, and I can use a program that I can send out Morse code, or I can send out short messages on all of the different frequencies that I'm assigned uh, once I get my license. But yeah, this is a pretty cool radio. This was about $180 for this radio. Wow. Now, Sean, you you went mobile with yours. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, like Justin, he got another handy talkie or HT, as they call them. Um, and I wanted something that I could take mobile um, so that I could either mount it into a go kit that I could just pack up and go or mount it permanently in my truck. I haven't decided what I want to do yet. But I've got it wired up to a battery right now because it only has 12 volt. So I've got it wired up to a battery and I've got it wired up to that mobile antenna that Justin said is actually not, is hanging from it's I have it stuck to the drop ceiling in my basement. Nice. <laughs> so nice. I can actually receive. So, so if you could hear this. Oh, that's right. Cool. So I'm receiving the, the GMSR repeater net in, in that's here in Alcard. Yeah. So I can hear it. I, I don't think I could transmit out, but I, I can show it, but it, I got, I ended up getting a B-Tech, uh, so it's a, it's an it's another Baofeng, uh, a B-Tech UV 25 by 2. All right. 25 by 2 means it's 25 watt on two bands, UHF and VHF. So I can program this to do UHF, VHF, GMSR. Uh, I can never remember if that's the right acronym for it, but uh, it's great. I've programmed it. Uh, I used I got the programming cable for it. Uh, I used Chirp do it chirp chirp is nice. a free program I, the website's kind of confusing so just google chirp radio programming um and it, the resources are so great repeater book radio reference you can use those right within chirp to find local repeaters in in your area or areas that interest you and program them right to your radio it's so easy so um i've got it keyed up to do a couple different repeaters here um and i'm trying i'm hoping justin gets his uh GMSR license soon, so he G can take part GMRS. in the national GMRS. GMRS. I, I keep Very mispronouncing nice. it. It's a little <laughs> dyslexic on that. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> looking for mine right now because I, I, I had, I thought I had the bookmark. Apparently, I don't. Um, but you should have uh, got an email. Yeah, I didn't get an email yet, so we'll see. Make well, sure well. you check your junk folder because that's where mine went. Oh but, wow! Oh really? So hmm. it's the GM, the GMRS license mm -hmm. you have to have that to transmit on gmrs frequencies now it can get a little confusing because if you, we've talked about this before you go to walmart meyer sam's club whatever and buy a, a blister pack radio now what is it because i was at walmart the other day i couldn't find what what a blister pack was so you should go to walmart go to the sporting goods section and pick up 
the handheld talk walkie-talkie radios, right? Okay, yeah, they're, they had they're those. called blister pack radios because that's what they come in. Typically, they're blister pack, you know. CD. Yeah. Uh, you open that up, and that can transmit on a set number of frequencies. Those are called family radio service. Exactly. All right. Now the GM RS share those frequencies. Okay. But you are allowed to do repeaters, duplex. So FRS radios are simplex only, meaning they only transmit and receive one frequency at a time. A duplex radio can do a offset where it can transmit on one frequency and receive on the other, which is how repeaters work. Got it. So you can then get involved with repeaters and, uh, you know, expand your network. So uh, if I'm going to pump, I'm going to plug this website, mygmrs.com. Right. It's a great website. You can go in, type in your location, and it's going to show you repeaters that are part of this group, MyGMRS, part of a national net where they are regionally linked repeaters via VoIP and via the internet uh, and via just being close enough to pick up other repeaters. So every, every Wednesday night, they have a regional net. So last Wednesday, I sat in and listened and checked in and talked to people from Minnesota, Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, right. Missouri, Montana, right? Wow. All because they're part of this Midwest net and they're all on these linked repeaters. So it was really cool to be able to hear these people check in and seeing where they're from and using the website, seeing which repeater they're hitting and, and the, the frequencies they're using and stuff. So my GMRS.com. The only downside is you have to log in and register. You have to have a GMRS license. All right. God, the FCC website is the worst website in the world. It's yes, literally difficult to find, find the stuff. It is ridiculously difficult to find Oh, it's very gosh. difficult to navigate. It's very difficult to find where you have to go to find your license. This where you is have our to go to put in money. the information because you Seriously. have to have an FRN number associated with your license, associated right. with your address, and all of those take you to different places There's... and different navigation points, and they it oh logs you out every time you click on God. something. Now, if our this is ridiculous, if very our, complicated. If our listeners, guys, have any questions, and they you know been following the show and have been hearing your you know, you're, you're kind of burgeoning into this. Uh, can they, can they send you, can they send us an email that you guys might be able, able to answer or at least find an answer? Yeah, of course. Email, right. text message, whatever. I'll answer anybody's questions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm learning, right. I'm learning right. as I go. Um, and I, I'm not afraid to reach out and ask. I've already emailed some of the local clubs here saying, help. Hey, I can't access your repeater. Why am I doing something wrong? Am I an idiot? Uh, so just, it's okay to ask for help when you're learning something new. Uh, and it's something that I'm excited about. So I, I want to help other people learn too. So if somebody wants to learn or somebody has a question, email us. Our I'll email, answer it our, on the air. I'll answer it via email. All uh, right. Facebook, I don't have Facebook, but get the, get the general idea. Our, Send uh, Andy a Facebook message and I'll respond through Andy. Our email is uh, techguys at techtalkradio.com. And then we can, uh, we can put that up on the show. And, you know, if, if this is something you would like to, you know, kind of, get into maybe we can steer you in the right direction of course as we said you know we're, we're on the air in green valley so the green valley Ch amateur radio club uh is a good, great group of people i know some of the people that are over there and they may be able to answer some of your questions now before we go to break i, I have some i have some great news a friend of the show he's been on the show in studio with us several times you might remember him from g4 tech tv 
Uh, he did some great segments with Olivia Munn uh, back then. And, of course, he's uh, he's got a band. He had a band with a girl named uh, Stacy Ferguson, who later went on to become Fergie. Uh, Zach Selman mm. uh, has got himself a brand new show on Access TV, which is, um, if you haven't checked out their website for access.tv, that's the, the, the kind of cable organization that was started by Mark Cuban. Uh, they've actually now putting a lot of their content online, which, you know, they can run ads on it and the whole bit. You can watch it again, AXS.TV. Brand new show that Zach is going to be hosting that will kick off July 12th called Parking Lot Trivia. And what it is, is uh, you guys have been to concerts too. It's a rock trivia game that will test fans' knowledge of the bands they're about to see in concert. Oh, wow. Now, they've only got four uh, episodes that have been, okay, here we go. But depending on how it's received, they might do, end up doing more. They're going to be doing the Rolling Stones July 19th. So people who went to the Stones concert, because, you know, they're doing their, their 60th, right? Mm-hmm. Will get a ch- they'll actually get a chance to win money, prizes, the whole bit, by stopping by their booth and they ask them questions. And Zach is from Tucson. So his mom still lives out here, I believe. So it's really cool that, this show is is getting to air and we're we're happy for Zach. And again, he was great. He was in with Slick and Wally and 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 Carol and I when we were doing the show uh at another station here in town uh before I came over to KGVY and just an amazing, amazing, very cool guy. So again, maybe we'll get him on the show. I'm hoping we can. But again, uh AXS.tv is the website you want to take a, a look at. We're gonna very take cool. a break. Coming up a little later on, I will tell you we have Alicia Dennis. From People Magazine Investigates. If you watch any ID channel or Discovery, she's going to talk about the technology of crime. So that's one of the subjects we'll be talking about, but that'll be on the way. I'm Andy Taylor. I am WRQY323. <laughs> and I am unlicensed Justin <laughs> Lemmy. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hey, Bill Nye, the science guy here. Whenever I am listening to the radio, especially Tech Talk Radio, it's just such a party. Okay, so I, I wanted to open the segment because I thought this was kind of cool. You guys would probably probably know about it. But this past week, Epic Games went ahead and decided to go ahead and launch it. Fall Guys, free, is available mm. for free now. Now, I've never played. I got the... Yeah. I, I have the Epic Games app. Uh, I have an account. So I went ahead and I downloaded it. It took forever this morning because this morning is when it went live and it took forever. Uh, I kept trying, kept trying. And finally, after about an hour of trying, it finally let me get it. But it was one of the biggest games last year. A lot of people yes, were playing. Was. Yeah. And now they find. Epic- I think we didn't we play it on the show with, with John. Yeah, I think we did because John was playing the game, too. And it's so you have more. Like I said, I haven't loaded it up yet. I just downloaded it. Is this really a game worthy of, of getting, especially when it's free? I mean, if well, you have friends to play free. with and, and you can you have some time to just spend on a game that is kind of just slap them up, silly fun, sure. It had its run. I got bored quickly with it. Oh, wow. I uh, thought you loved it. It was good. It was yeah. fun, but I'm not going to play it by myself. Yeah. And none of my other friends yeah, wanted to play it anymore. You, you, can't really, you can't really just chat with randoms. Like you have to have people that you can play with. If you just play with randoms, it gets bored real quick. So people that you know, so you're almost like at a yeah. team, right? Is that the yeah. deal? Well, no, you're still playing against each other, but it's just more fun when you can trash talk your friends. Oh, of course, yeah. It's always going to be better. 
I would say for free, obviously, it's a fun game to try. For free, you're going to have, I would say, 10 to 20 hours of entertainment before you start to get kind of bored with it. All right. Fall Guys, Epic Games. Uh, you yep. go to Epic Games, you can set up an account, and they, they do this once in a while. They give you free games. They gave us Laura Croft uh, about five, yep. six months ago, which is cool. And they're still sitting there. I can play them whenever I want. So when it's a free game, it doesn't hurt for you to get. Yeah. All right. Now, now you, you've got one you, you've been playing, I, right? Well, yeah. Now, I've talked about this on the show in the past. And this is actually not only me talking about a game, but I do have a technical question for you guys on right. this. We talked about, in the past, a game called Star Citizen. So I'm getting back into Star Citizen. Okay. They released a massive update. It's actually playable now. It, it's still an alpha after, like, 11 years. It is still an alpha. It's not even a beta yet or not even close to being a full release. But it's actually playable now. The problem that I'm having is that when I play it, uh, pretty much every single time I play it, my computer just completely shuts down. Oh, doesn't doesn't even doesn't even blue screen. It just shuts down. You're not running an and old beat up computer. You're it's pretty no, pretty good. I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's it's a it's an i7 8770K, so it's a little bit older. It's like a four year old. Uh, processor but i am running a um, rtx 2080 ti so the graphics card is definitely yeah. on you know up way above par um i got 32 gigs of ram i got a nice motherboard my power supply i think is a 700 watt maybe power supply but again i'm not really pulling them and here's the thing i can play any other game that i have right. including battlefield or call of duty that you know, requires a lot of graphical power and CPU power. For some reason, Star Citizen, when I start to play it, the computer just shuts down. Mm. And it's really annoying to me because I really want to play Star Citizen now because now I'm, I'm watching, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week, Darkness429, the, the guy we've interviewed in the past. He is really into Star Citizen right now. And it looks awesome. It's actually really, really good now. And I want to play it, but I can't. And I don't know what the cause is. I, I thought maybe I had a failing power supply. But again, going back to my other point is I can play any other game I have at full resolution, full settings, and I have no problems with my computer rebooting. It's only Star Citizen. And it's not a blue screen. It's just a complete and utter shutdown on me. Oh, boy. So that what sucks. do you do? Yeah. Is it a buggy yeah, game? I, you think it's a buggy wait, game? Or? Oh, it's got to be a game, right, yeah. guys? I mean, I'm, I'm looking for input here. It's got to be like, well, a driver <laughs> incompatibility with the game. Yeah, it's, it's making a call. Right? Yeah, it's making it's a call. It's got to be, you know, a, a, a GeForce driver. But wouldn't it blue screen, though? Not necessarily. If it just green? drops out. Is it green screen, right? No, he said it's just dropping dropping out completely, going back to it's desktop, right? It's not blue screening. I'm saying, wouldn't it blue screen if it was trying to make a call to a DLL file or a driver? Uh, that's, that's, that sounds like memory usage. Like, it's just... Uh, I got 32 just give, just giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, up. I don't understand it. I, I mean, I I don't know, man. I, I Honestly, though, if you guys have not tried Star Citizen, I would say go try it. I mean, to see if it works on your computer. It Is looks it amazing. Free? No, <laughs> that's the big question. <laughs> no, it's not free, but it is really, really cool. If you like space simulators, 
This is like a, a space simulator. It's a dog fighting simulator. It's a first person uh, shooter simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's everything built into one, but it all takes place in space. And you can be a pirate. You can be a trader. You can be a bounty hunter. You can be a mercenary. Mm-hmm. You can do all these things. But it's all in space. And it's it's coming along. It's It's taken a heck of a lot longer than they originally planned for. But the game is coming along, and I really, I'm I'm now back in the camp of Star Citizen. I really thought that Star Citizen was was crud, and that I wasn't ever going to play it again. But I'm kind of back in their camp. I've had titles that I've played before in the past where it will do that, and it'll just drop out. And usually, it's it is a game problem. It's not a, a problem necessarily with your PC or Sometimes, again, it's making a call. Make sure your motherboard BIOS uh, is up to date. Ooh, BIOS. You know, I haven't done a BIOS update in a while. Yeah, I would make sure so that it's making the so it's making the, the proper avail- memory available. That that can sometimes be an issue. Okay, that's a good idea. BIOS is a good idea. I haven't done that in a while. Run, may, maybe run it with you have four sticks of RAM in it. Maybe run it with two sticks of RAM in it and see how it goes. Then run yeah. it with three sticks. Mm. Then run it with all four. Or then kind of do well, you it. Well, you can't a, really. Can you really run it with just three sticks? I thought you had to like pair it up. It depends on your board. It, depending yeah. on how it's set up. Yeah. Well, I mean these these you these wanted four to get you wanted RAM to get a new are, board though, didn't you? I mean, well, you if I get a yeah, but if I get a new board, I have to get a new CPU. And right now the prices are insane. I mean, I I, I between a new board and a twelfth generation i seven, I'd be looking at close to a thousand dollars. Yeah, you would. And, and, you know, they keep saying the price is going to be dropping. I keep looking at the uh, graphics cards, and I'm still seeing the 2080s, or 3080s, I'm sorry, you know, over $1,000. And I keep thinking they should be um, dropping to about nine, or even the, the 3070s yeah, are still kind of high. I'm happy with my 2080 Ti. I think I'm going to keep that, obviously, for, for, for a few more years. But I really do need to upgrade. And that's the sad part, is I just upgraded my CPU and motherboard. Right to an eighty because I had a sixty-seven seventy and I upgraded it to an eighty-seven seventy, and now we're on the twelve thousand series, so like the twelve seventy or whatever. I'm like, wow, I'm really far behind. <laughs> well, I know uh, SWS, which is a local shop, their prices have been coming down a bit. Egghead is to remember or New Egg, not Egghead, but New Egg. <laughs> yeah, remember Egghead. Egghead. New Egg is doing a sale that this week. That they've been doing on motherboards. They've got the 690. I have the 590. They've okay. got processors. They've got memory that they say is better than uh, retail. And they're giving you like gift cards. So you buy some, you might get $20 Ooh. off in a gift card that you could use at uh, at their, their site, Newegg. And I haven't been there in a long time. But I got this notice today and I was looking at it going, that's not bad pricing. You know, for somebody who wants to maybe pick up a new graphics card. What type of sound card are you using? Uh, are you using onboard or using I'm, external? I'm using see or internal. Here's the, now, okay, that's that's I'm an using interesting onboard. question. I'm using onboard as well because onboard now is almost just as good, if not better, sometimes in certain certain usage situations than an external or a PCI card. Yeah, I do remember back in the day when it was like you had to have a sound blaster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. or a Turtle Beach but, sound blaster yeah, or Turtle Beach. But, but now, now the onboard ones are not that bad. So it does take up a little bit more of your CPU uh, by using the onboard. 
So, I mean, yeah, you could, I guess you could get a little bit extra performance uh, if you have a dedicated sound card. But right. then again, if you have a PCIe sound card, now you're using the Southside bus. So, uh, you know, a half dozen or, you know, you're, what are they What is the, 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 the terminology there? Half dozen one way? Yeah. Six, six the other way one way, like half that? dozen yeah. the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> but then, then the thing is, too, if you're going to drop money on a... a a Creative Labs card, which I still like Creative Labs. I think they make good product. You're still dropping anywhere from $60 to 200 depending on which card you get, you know, and what features you need. So, you know, again, that's... Uh, but then again, I was going to say, maybe make sure you have all the drivers for your problem of it crashing like well, that. I have been using Driver Easy. So, again, I subscribe to Driver Easy, and I love that program, by the way. if Again, if you are a new listener to, to Tech Talk Radio... DriverEasy.com is an amazing website. Their their application they have, you can download it for free and you can update your drivers one at a time slowly with their free version. But if you subscribe, I think it's like, I want to say it's like $29 a year or something right. like that. Then you have access to download all of your drivers at one time and update everything. And it'll remind you every so often, like, hey, you've got some outdated drivers. The cool thing about Driver Easy is is it it I don't know what their database consists of, but it looks at a database and it finds drivers that I never even knew I had. And it updates like the chipset, the 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 motherboard, the 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 graphics card, the Windows drivers, e everything you need. DriverEasy.com is actually a really cool website. All right, that's a good one. So, if you go to DriverEasy.com, right? Yeah. You can buy a 1-year for one PC license, twenty nine ninety five a year for the pro version, mm -hmm. but they have a deal for three PCs, same price. So they'll look at for oh, the wow. same price. So they'll look at your systems and say, "Hey, there's a new driver for this. You want to up? You want to update this?" Yeah, basically, yeah. And what it does also is it creates a system restore rollback point. So Ooh. if a driver doesn't work for you, it actually creates a Windows restore point for you already. So if you're if you you know you update your driver and the computer keeps crashing, um, you can go into Windows Restore and it will have that restore point created by Driver Easy as a restore point that you can go back to prior to your drivers being installed or updated. What's a, what's that website again, uh, address again? Driver DriverEasy.com. All right, good. That's a good one to check out. All right, we're gonna take another break, but when we come back. Alicia Dennis with People Magazine Investigates. You've seen the show on ID Channel. Uh, you may have seen it on Discovery Plus. You guys have the Discovery Plus app? I no. used to. You used to? Um, yeah. I have the app. I love it. Uh, and you can see all those shows there. But we'll talk about, you know, the show has been around for six seasons. People Magazine Crime, is they've been writing about it for 50 years. So some of the biggest cases. And this new season even features, uh, I know there's a case out of Colorado, there's a case uh, in Tempe that is going to be featured in August, I believe. And then they'll be wrapping up with the Pam Hupp story, which is always great. But again, we'll talk to Alicia about has technology made it better for crime solving or has it kind of hindered that? We'll definitely do that when we come back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. And you've heard me, no doubt, talking on the show all the time about how I watch constantly ID Channel, uh, Investigation Discovery. 
And I usually watch it live, but if I need to catch up, I'll, I'll go to uh, Discovery Plus and I can watch episodes there. Uh, not long ago, we had Rue Powell on the show talking about her new show, which uh, involved a lot of technology. And the good news is that Rue Powell's show, Undercover Underage, has been picked up for a second season. Now, being a fan of the channel, though, one of the shows I do watch quite a bit is uh, People Magazine Investigates. And I, I got to tell you, it is such a well-done, slick show that it just keeps you captivated. You want to know what this crime was, who did this crime, and how they have solved this. And we're very happy to have with us, the she is the senior editor of crime. What a title. Alicia Dennis with us on the line. Alicia, thanks for coming on Tech Talk Radio. Thanks so much for having me. You're exactly the kind of audience that we want. I watch it because the stories are so compelling, sometimes heartbreaking, but they're well put together. Now, how how does one get the title Senior Editor of Crime with People Magazine? You know, it's funny. We've had a crime section at People Magazine ever since the magazine was launched. So almost 50 years um, in, there has always been a senior editor of crime. And sometimes, you know, the crime part would just be left off and it'd just be like, this is another one of our senior editors. But as the crime team has grown and our coverage has extended into this People Magazine Investigate show on Investigation Discovery, um, that's been part of of my of my title and my business card that kind of makes people you know pause for a second when they see it. <laughs> exactly, but you, it adds a lot of I, I want to say clout because People Magazine. You know, we've thought of People <laughs> Magazine as you know, oh, the celebrities. You know, that maybe some tips on I'm having a better life, but also the stories that people want to know about, and that's what People Magazine investigates has been bringing us now in its sixth season with twelve episodes this season to really give us an idea of what is, we maybe hear these stories in the headlines. It gives us an idea of how this is all solved or how this is investigated. Yeah. I think that's what's unique about our show is that you are really going to get to see inside these cases from the viewpoint of investigators who were there from the viewpoint of victims, families, sometimes people that were actually affected by this themselves. Yeah. Um, people closest to the case, as well as our reporters, are all part of each one of these episodes. And so all of them are very different because each case is very different. But we try to be sure that we have the kind of depth and richness in the storytelling from, you know, archival film from back then or, you know, a story that you've never heard before connected to the case. So all those things are really important to us when we're putting a season together. When it comes to the technology angle of this, uh, Alicia, I'm kind of wondering, does, has the, the growth of the internet, the growth of social media, has that helped in some of these stories as far as getting the investigations all together? Sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting to watch the way technology has, well, technology has changed everything about mm-hmm. our lives, but it's certainly changed a lot of the ways that law enforcement does their work now. When you look at everything from the, uh, as many surveillance cameras and people have ring cameras on their phones and the way that cell phone towers and cell phone movement can be tracked, the way that, you know, people are able to look at specks of DNA and be able to test those now. And now with the advent of familial DNA and genealogists 
participating in criminology investigations. It, it really makes it clear that it's very difficult for a crime to be committed and go unsolved in a lot of these situations because technology has improved so much. And just like you mentioned with the Internet and things like that, we've watched interesting things like, you know, a TikTok yeah. viral video. We had, you know, a young woman who decided to talk about her sister's disappearance in this viral way and used the audience, the TikTok audience, to again put pressure and a view again into a cold case where eventually their you know, stepfather was arrested and charged with murder and her sister's body was found. And so you never know what is going to be the thing that breaks a particular case open. And I think that sometimes, you know, the Internet can take investigations down the wrong path. Yeah. But every once in a while, they do bring forward the clue or the moment or something that that helps bring justice to a family. Now, Alicia, you have a, a wonderful team there at People Magazine that puts this show together. How are the stories put? How are they decided this is a story like you've got one coming up in August that takes place in Tempe? Um, how does mm-hmm. that decision you know, when, when it comes to a story, say, you know, this is something that I think our viewers would want to see. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really hard process because we have, you know, a lot of cases that we're covering in the magazine. We're covering on people dot com. And for a story to be able to turn into an episode on People Magazine Investigates, we have to have a lot of a combination of things. We have to have the investigators being willing to talk the family members, the people affected by this case being willing to talk on camera, which is sometimes, you know, a challenge for people. Um, We also need to make sure that we have enough of uh, footage at the time or clues or those types of things that we can show visually to make sure that our, our audience is along with us in that investigation. So it's, it's one where we will get very far along the process of figuring out that a particular case is going to be an episode and then it will fall apart and we'll have to start from scratch on a different one. Oh boy. That's gotta, that's gotta be rough too, because, but then it's always something you could come back to, especially when maybe more, more data, more evidence, or even somebody else coming coming forward for this. Sure, that's exactly right. And that's why we hope to keep having additional seasons. <laughs> we always have other stories that we can tell. Um, you know, and then we had a case this season, too, July 25th. Um, it airs about the Hibbs family in Croydon, Pennsylvania. It was a situation where a kid comes home from school, finds that his family's home is on fire, and tragically discovers that his his mother is inside and and has died and what initially looked like just you know a tragic accident was actually the somebody covering up a crime scene oh, man. and the work that was done on that case with our teams helped bring about an arrest recently and so it's one that you know is really it's really gratifying when that kind of thing can happen in some of these these cases that you think can never be solved. Do you think there are cases that you've covered in, you know, the six seasons that you'll be able to come back to that maybe, you know, everything wasn't said or maybe not everything uh, was was able to be presented that can be done as a follow-up? 
that that's completely possible. Yeah. I think sometimes, um, you know, things get uncovered, just like you were mentioning, through technology. You know, things are happening all the time with advances that you didn't know about before. There wasn't enough DNA evidence to test back when the crime happened, but now there is. And when that kind of thing happens um, and new information comes forward and new evidence shows up, new testing shows up, I think that there is a reason sometimes to revisit some of those. When when you look back on this, Alicia, in the many years that People Magazine has been around, um, obviously the Manson murders were something that people were reading about quite a bit uh, back back then in the in the 70s. And I'm wondering, is there a has there been a story that in the last say 20 years or even 10 years that people have really wanted to know about that uh, people has decided to cover? I know there's yeah, so many there's of them. So many of them, and there's some cases where you know the 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 news has been so big and it broken all around the country you know stories like um the the tragic story of of Jamie Kloss who yeah. had been abducted from her home and then somehow managed to escape her abductor and just a brave brave young woman um you know those kinds of cases what's interesting for us is because we've interviewed people like Elizabeth Smart who was abducted and managed to escape her abductor and people like JC Dugard who yep. that same thing happened as well as um the women in um in Cleveland uh i think that there's a community of survivors who are able to connect with one another because of those stories that we've told and they can feel safe you know sharing their experiences with each other and being survivors um, you know, when we covered the case of Casey Anthony, which was a really shocking you know, oh, yeah. case and Kaylee Anthony back in the time, we had two reporters in the courtroom every day. So it's just interesting the way that we tell stories where people are very much on the ground and within the community in order to bring those, those stories forward. So even if it's a if it's a national news story that you think you know everything about. Uh, I really think that people is going to bring a different perspective to it because of the way that we report them. And and you're going to be wrapping up this season with a story about one of the cases that had a lot of people going, huh? Like I didn't even know the, the full breadth of the case regarding Pam Hupp. And, you know, obviously the NBC series, that is something that uh, I know that, that readers of people have wanted to know more about. And you're going to be wrapping up this season with that. We are. You know, that's a case where it just goes to show you that everything that you think you know, you do not. Exactly. As the the police were looking at this, everything pointed a particular way to them because of every experience they'd had. And then you have this, what seems to be this incredibly helpful best friend. Um, And it's interesting because I think the moment that you think you've got it all solved uh, you maybe should start over. Uh, and in the Pam Huff case, you know, we covered this case from the moment it broke and we spoke to Russ Faria right. um, about what this was like for him. You know, that kind of waking nightmare of, of going, wait a minute, what what is even happening to me? And I think, you know, in the NBC show, Renee Zellweger, who helped produce their particular show, was saying, this has a lot to do with conscious bias and the fact that we meet someone, we think we know all about them just because of the way they talk or, you know, they remind us of our aunt, you know, Betty or something. And it turns out that they're nothing like that. They're hiding all these secrets that, 
um, you know, you have to uncover. That's what I that's what I love about this show too, Alicia, is it gives you those little little bits of info that can actually help you be a little safer out there because there is a lot of darkness in the world, let's face it. Um, and it sometimes is our next door neighbor or somebody that we deal wor- with at work. This can help keep us a little safer. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. it can. I mean, you want to make sure that you're not so afraid that you don't leave your house anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You, can't, you can't immerse too far in, right? But at the same time, if there's any if there's any of that where you're a little bit safer, you're paying attention when you're on your phone. You don't put your earbuds in and then jog and the middle of the night and don't look around you, you know, that there are yeah. things that you should do and, and hopefully, and hopefully you, you do those. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the sixth season. We're looking forward to a seventh. I know there's more stories. I'm looking forward to hear more about what's going on in Rexburg, Idaho with this couple, with their kids. It's just a horrific story, but uh, I am yeah. pretty, but pretty much certain we'll see it uh, on People Magazine investigates uh, ID Channel and streaming on Discovery Plus. Alicia, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, you can see People Magazine investigates with the Discovery app, or you could watch it on the ID Channel. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Recently, obviously, we know that the crypto market has been going down <laughs> as we... We had O'Neill uh, Lantwiga on the show a couple weeks ago. He was ago. dead on. Yeah, he was dead on. I mean, it was, uh, he said Bitcoin's going down to like 20,000. It's a right around 20,000 so far. So the question people have is, well, what if I have my, my, my Bitcoin or my altcoins stored on a website such as Coinbase well, or, and, or, you or know, Binance? Coinbase has been having a rough time with this as well because they laid off 1,100 people by sending an email to their personal email inboxes. Because yeah. they'd already locked out their company email. That's yeah, just dirty yeah. so, pool. So that's that's starting to really scare some people. Like, yeah. what what would happen if Coinbase disappeared? Yeah, this is a very valid concern. And people are like, "Well, I bought all this money. I bought all this Bitcoin on Coinbase or on Kraken or on Binance or whatever. What do I do with it? How do you protect it? Is you put it on a cold storage device, such as a ledger." So basically what that is, is like a USB key that is your wallet, your Bitcoin wallet. So basically what you do is you have this little USB device, you plug it into your computer, and then you can transfer your coins from, let's say, Coinbase or Binance or Kraken. You can transfer it onto your ledger. And once it's on there, nobody can touch it. You will never lose it ever again. As long as you have your ledger or or a Trezor is another another company now, that makes them. But you're not. But will it still have the earnings? Just it's oh. not on the exchange anymore. No, it's not on the exchange. It's just like if you bought a piece of gold from the bank, right? And the bank holds on to your piece of gold. Well, what if I want to take my gold home? Okay, fine. Come take your gold home. It's still going to be worth the price of gold. Right. And when you decide to sell it, you take it back to the bank and you sell them your piece of gold. Got it. It's the same thing for crypto. As long as you have it on your ledger, it's cold storage. Nobody can touch it except for you. So then when you want to sell it in the future, do you connect your ledger or your Trezor or something like that to your computer? You go into an exchange, you, you transfer it into the exchange, and you sell it. All right, now, That's what you need. you got to right. get it off the exchanges. Don't ever keep money on the exchange. I have seen them available at Best Buy, the Nano Ledger. 
and are they easy to set up? Just a, a quick yes, no. How how does it yes? Work? They are easy yes. to set up. All right, They're very easy to set up. All right, cool. Well, that's it for this week's show. We will be back next week with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Once again, find us on the web, techtalkradio.com. Have a great week.